All right, let's get into a couple of different conversations surrounding, well, policing within the province of Alberta. A couple of topics. I want to backtrack a little bit, and then we'll get into the conversation around Grand Prairie. But um happy that Mike Ellis, the Minister of Public Safety for the province of Alberta, has time to join us and talk a bit about this this morning. Uh, Minister, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being here. Okay, I appreciate uh, being on your show. Um, okay, we'll, we'll get to the Grand Prairie thing in a second. First, so I wanted to back up a little bit and, and talk a bit about the sheriffs being deployed yeah. in downtown Edmonton and in downtown Calgary. Um, we know there's some serious issues with the downtowns in both of our major cities. Um, yeah. The hope is they deal with that, right? They provide some additional supports um, and, and try and get things. I mean, we know there's safety issues for some people, right? Yeah, I mean, that's. Uh, I've heard that loud and clear in both Calgary and Edmonton. Uh, regardless of my role as a minister or an MLA in Calgary or or just talking to people in both Calgary or Edmonton or, or even just witnessing with my eyes. I mean, um, there's there's serious safety issues, pardon me, serious uh, safety issues on, on the LRTs as well as just walking down the street. And uh, the people of both Calgary and Edmonton have been very, very clear to me so about uh, what these issues are. Um, look, uh, it's it's not about putting handcuffs on people. It's just about having that visible presence and ensuring that uh, those officers are, um, you know, empowered with the tools to make sure that we help folks uh, get uh, get the supports that they need in order to get them the help that they need. But that doesn't take away that there are serious safety concerns as well. Yeah. And uh, if you want me to get into it, I mean, certainly can. I mean, crystal meth is one of the most dangerous drugs uh, that are out there right now. Um, I, I want to know about the project itself. It's a pilot project. I mean, it's yeah. not a permanent situation. So uh, give us an idea. How is it being assessed? What are the targets? How will we know if this is something that's going to continue or not? Yeah, so I've, I've left the uh, um, those sort of details up to uh, the chiefs that are going to report back to me. I mean, they're they're the experts on this uh, as far as uh, the contacts. I mean, basically, what we're looking at here, I'll just say this from a very high level. You know, you know, when you're engaging with somebody who's is, is vulnerable, you know, I would say you know, 20 years ago, you know, when there was you know less supports out there, I would say, you know, you're basically asking somebody to move along. Uh, that's not the case mm-hmm. right now. Uh, what we're doing is when we're engaging with that individual, it becomes more of a conversation as how can I help you, right? So how, how can I get you into, you know, uh, detox, treatment, recovery? You know, maybe I need to, you know, take you over to the shelter, but it's not, it's not that move along. Um, sort of attitude that was maybe 20 years ago. Um, in terms of uh, what we're seeing, both you know, both cities, a lot of leaders within the cities have said, part of the problem here is the fact that there's been dramatic cuts by your government to some of the social programs that lead to this social disorder. So is it strictly the enforcement or is work being done too to provide more supports around addiction, homelessness, all those sorts of things that, you know, municipal leaders say are direct contributors to this problem? Uh, I, you know, I mean, I, as you're aware, I was the minister of mental health and addiction. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we put, we put enormous amounts of money. I don't know where anybody's talking about cuts. <laughs> uh, I would say that we, we, well, I think you've country. got, you've got safe yeah. supply centers that have been reduced. You've got the things like that. I mean, those kind of issues. Well, no, that's that's uh, that, that's a more complex issue, but that that's not entirely accurate as well. I, I would say that. You know, we what is though the Boyle Street, the Boyle Street we, safe supply that's gone, on, hang on, right? Hang on, Shay. We, in regards to harm reduction, we put we put we increased funding for harm reduction. I mean that that doesn't get you know that doesn't get announced very much. To be honest with you, uh, now it's not a free for all, not like Eastside Vancouver. There right. are there are you know there are sort of guy you know guidelines in place and there's rules. I mean there's places for you to go to use. However. 
what we do want people to do is that once you've used, we want to be there to support you. We want to be able to help you. It's a compassionate thing to do. I mean, people with addictions. I mean, now I worked the streets for over two years as a law enforcement officer. I mean, I've seen people in the depths of their, their addiction. And I can tell you, even when I, when I worked those streets, everybody has that moment where they sit there and say, I need help. Yeah, and that's enough. where we had have enough. to be there for them. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to the Grand yeah. Prairie situation because that, that, that's sure. that's sort of the one that came up this week. Um, yeah. In terms of what's going on there, uh, the province committing almost $10 million to its transitional funding, right? Tell us exactly what you're hoping this money will be used for. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that, that money, uh, you know, certainly if Grand Prairie chooses to go down that road, it's going to be used for uh, startup fees and, and the transitional costs that it's, uh, it's uh, going to take in order to get and establish mm-hmm. a municipal police service. Yeah. In terms of, uh, I mean, is there any estimate around what the total cost might be to implement? I mean, we're talking about $10 million for transitional funding. What's the, is there any idea how much it might cost completely to get this done? Like how much, what percentage would that be of the cost? Well, I think that's a, I think it's a better question for the, um, the for the mayor. Yeah, I mean, look, they they you know obviously this is a you know they uh, they did an independent study. You know they they talked to their citizens, so this is a path that they choose to went to uh, choose to uh, go down. Uh, they've asked uh, the the province you know to to support them. Uh, and you know this is kind of this is kind of the number that we came up with that uh, I think will help them um, to you know achieve the goals that they want. And there was some reporting yesterday that the province. I mean, this isn't just Grand Prairie. If there's other municipalities that are entertaining yeah. the same kind of a thing, um, how does that work? Is it is it funding? Uh, you says the province will be there to support them. Um, exactly what kind of assistance are you looking at there? Yeah. So I, I mean, right now we're we're trying to empower the municipalities. So. You know, if there's a municipality uh, that uh, is looking for a different model or, or looking for just something that is going to suit their needs. And I don't know what that independent study is going to say. I mean, it may say status quo. It may say regional. It may say municipal. I don't know. However, uh, it's about empowering them and we're willing to help them and support them. And, you know, there's, uh, you know, I don't want to presuppose an outcome of uh, of the um, uh, the legislature, but, you know, we're hoping if the budget gets passed that there will be some funds, some grant funding available to support those municipalities for those independent studies. Um, how, are there other municipalities that you know of that are looking at this? I mean, when we've talked about the provincial police force before, we've heard lots of municipalities say that's not something, but I heard you saying yesterday you have heard from municipalities that are thinking of doing things differently. Yes, yes, I have. Uh, I mean, I know one of your, uh, your your colleagues was looking for an exact number. I mean, I'll still stick to the several. <laughs> okay. uh, there, there's been several folks that have reached out to me that I had conversations with, and you know, they, they, and especially folks, I would say, in our First Nations communities. I've had many uh, First Nations communities, and I think this one is actually public, so it's not, uh, you know, like Siksika is an example. Mm-hmm. Siksika mm-hmm. is looking at, at doing their own uh, police service, so we're we're working with them uh, to support them. In, in that sort of process. And uh, and there's other First Nations that have reached out to us as well. Uh, and, and of course, everybody says, well, what about the provincial police force? That's where this all started. This is a backdoor to bringing in a provincial police force. And uh, where does that stand? Where is that conversation around the provincial police force that we know the UCP was championing and a lot of municipalities yeah. said, we don't want? Where does that one stand now? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I'll just say this. I mean, you know, there's there's municipalities have indicated that they don't want it, but I've also had a few municipalities indicate that they want it. So, you know, one you know one one person's opinion certainly doesn't supersede another person's opinion on this. Uh, you know, we have to figure out what is what is best for for everybody, and I think that's why. You know, we're hoping to provide this sort of grant funding to, again, empower that municipality to tell us what is in uh, their best uh, best interest. You know, I'm, you know, obviously I'm I'm the minister of public safety. I, I have no interest in, you know, the heavy hand of of government coming down and telling somebody what to do. Um, you know, for me, it's about working with that municipality. As I said, even the press conference yesterday, um, you know, when people call nine one one, I expect that there be a timely and, and quick response by 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 the police um and you know i keep hearing over and over and over again throughout alberta that that's not necessarily the case so that's unacceptable mm-hmm. so what does that what does that mean Shay, though? like you know does that mean does that mean the rcp does that mean that they need some supports maybe i don't know right yeah. but i i can tell you that i want to empower the municipality so they can tell me what's going to meet their needs so if we have one of the larger communities in alberta grand prairie about seventy thousand yeah. people so it's one of our bigger yeah. centers if they go to a municipal force or something like that does that does that indicate that maybe Maybe the the provincial force is being set to the side for now, and we're going to focus focus more on bringing in municipal forces, regional forces, things like that. I mean, if if municipalities start to move that way, wouldn't that sort of derail plans for a provincial force with more of a patchwork approach? Yeah, I I, I would just say I, I still say that all options are on the table. Okay, but again, it's it's you know again I you know any of these municipalities that are over five thousand people. You know, I, I, I hope that they do reach out to uh, the government. And again, I cannot want to presuppose anything, but I hope that we do have the funds available uh, so that they can, you know, do an independent study to find out what's going to suit their community. So, uh, again, I, I don't it's not it's not a you know, it's not a one or the other either or. Right. It's not, yeah. it's not, you know, APS or nothing. Right. I mean, we have to figure out what is and maybe that maybe it is a patchwork approach. I don't know. But I can tell you this. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be in the best interest of that local municipality. I do want to empower them. Okay. Uh, Minister, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the clarity today. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.